Wiener Schnitzel. Good morning and guten Tag to all of you beautiful, lovely folk out there. I hope each one of you is having a wonderful morning poo, one of life's greatest treasures that nobody likes to talk about, really. Uh, one really quick ADHD session before we start. Was anybody around, or is anybody, I guess, interested in, like, obscure or strange comics from the 30s to maybe the early 90s? It is, I saw a video today about some action heroes from years ago from those eras, like uh, Dead Girl or Ice Cream, spelled like E-Y-E, Scream. And his his superpower was he could turn into any flavor of ice cream. And his entire plot was dedicated to destroying the X-Men because he was jealous of their legitimate mutant abilities. I mean, whatever happened to those comics? Now we have the Flash who can't keep his hands to himself. Anyways, I digress. Uh, just as a little warning, I got back from Minnesota today, so if my accent is a little bit thick. I apologize. So last week I happened to do the Sandman serial killer from Germany, and he would lure young boys into the woods and this creep posed slash worked as a traveling watchmaker for years, right? And once he got the children alone, he would either sexually abuse them and let them go, or simply go straight to strangulation and murder. If you haven't heard that story yet, it is a quick listen. Kind of interesting. Anyways, I say all this because now I am obsessed with German serial killers. I sat scrolling through dozens and dozens last night or not last week, hoping to find a great story that also wasn't like too messed up since last week was purely based around children. I thought I had my sights set on the Hammer Killer of Frankfurt, which is terrible, terrible, and there are no children involved. But um, alas, I wasn't able to get very far away from that. Side note, I currently live in Hanover, New Hampshire, so when I was scrolling through this massive list, I came across the Butcher of Hanover, Germany, and I was instantly hooked, and I decided then and there, I'm doing this one. I'm honestly not sure if I'd ever heard of this or not. It gets a bit fuzzy after a while, but I think it'll ring a bell for a couple of you guys out there. So today, like I said, we have the Butcher of Hanover, or also known as the Vampire of Hanover. Let's just say strap in. Today's story makes last week's look like a children's birthday celebration. With over double the confirmed body count, we're in for a little bit of a longer one today. And normally, I would like to start with the suspect's early life and then go from there. But today, I actually almost need to start closer to the end of the story. So on May 17th, 1924, Germany, Hanover, Germany, a few children were playing along the Line River, spelled L-E-I-N-E, which is just a tributary running like 300 meters. And these children, they came across a decomposing skull. Uh, Authorities were quick to dismiss this as like a prank or a typhoid death. Either way, they didn't do or think really anything of it. 
even though after it was examined that skull was of a young male and it bore knife marks knife marks across the skull face but still probably nothing right and then only 2 weeks later a second skull was discovered not far from that first location along the river again it was determined that this skull belonged to a young male between 18 and 20 still for whatever reason it seems the police were too busy being lazy to do any investigation yet. And within the next month, three more gruesome discoveries came to light. So just after the second skull, two boys playing in a nearby field came across a burlap sack containing multiple human remains. And then on June 13th, two more skulls were found along the same river. They just kept coming and coming. These last two, however, kind of finally got some people off their asses and looking into it. It was discovered that one one of those skulls came from a teenage boy and the other from just a kid around 11 to 12 years old. As these remains found their way to local papers, rumors from years ago started to uh, like resurface and rekindle a bit. So you see, the town of Hanover for many years had a reputation for missing children and young adults. Between 1918 and 1924, the number of people reported missing had skyrocketed. These discoveries had reignited those dusty old rumors and brought light once again to these missing people. It seems as they had almost just been kind of like swept under the rug for the most part, and now we have physical evidence that investigators cannot ignore any further. And in true community fashion, later that June, everybody and the police came together to do a search and, quote, drag of the river, um, which it's, I mean, it, you can probably guess what that means. It's kind of like raking leaves, but through a river. And I'm really not sure anyone could have imagined what they had found it that, that, that day. Over 500 human bones were pulled from uh, the river in this effort. 500. Many of those were bearing the same knife marks, and almost all of them, after further investigation, were aged between 15 and 30 years old. So, young boys, young adults. In total, a doctor later confirmed that those bones, the 500 bones, were from 22 separate people. 22 separate people they found in one day from this river. Obviously, the police could never ignore this many remains, and neither could the town. But the thing is, everyone instantly turned their suspicions towards one individual. Uh, like, nobody was like, hmm, I, like confused or like, who could have ever done this? Everyone almost pointed a finger instantly. So this quote comes directly from Wiki, so thank you. Quote, suspicion for the discoveries quickly fell upon Harmon. Uh, we'll learn his first name in a moment here. Who is known to both the police and the criminal investigation department as a, quote, homosexual who had amassed 15 previous convictions dating from 1896 for various offenses, offenses, including child molestation and the sexual assault and battery of a minor. Moreover, he had been convicted. <coughs> Excuse me. I'm struggling today. He had been connected to the 1918 disappearance of Friedel Roth and a 14-year-old named Herman Koch, 
who had disappeared just weeks prior to Roth. Harmon was placed under surveillance. Being a trusted police informant, which we'll again get into, Harmon was known to frequent Hanover Central Station and was well known to many officers from Hanover. Two young policemen were drafted from Berlin to pose as undercover officers and discreetly observe his movements. The surveillance of Harmon began on 18, June 18, 1924, end quote. So that was probably a little bit out of context or confusing for you, but I promise you'll understand every bit of it in just a minute. And what that quote didn't really mention um, is that the police during the time of all these missing people were basically friends with this Fritz Harmon character. Being established or having an established relationship for many years, I don't even think the local cops even wanted to look into Harmon, unfortunately, even after they found 22 bodies in this river. So as soon as they finished their uh, drag of the Line River, they brought in two Berlin officers to conduct their own investigation since they didn't, nobody, I mean, at that point, trusted the local police since they were just buddy-buddy with this character. So a few days later, on the 22nd, these two officers followed Fritz Harmon to the train station. Here, they saw him arguing with and being aggressive towards a 15-year-old boy. And when approached, the kids told the officers that he had been staying with Fritz for four days. And during that time, he was raped multiple times. And almost <clears throat> during every one of those attacks, Fritz was holding a knife to his neck. Fritz Harmon was arrested early that morning by these Berlin officers and charged with sexual assault. And investigators wanted to get to his house immediately. So Fritz lived in a single room attic apartment. And when the police got there, they were stunned. The walls, the floors, the bedding, and even the ceilings were stained with blood from top to bottom. This was only the start, however. As they continued, hundreds of pieces of evidence revealed themselves, from clothing to personal items belonging to missing persons. These items were, quote, all confiscated and put on display at Hanover Police Station, with the parents of missing teenage boys from across Germany invited to look at the items. As days passed, an increasing number of items were identified by family members as having belonged to their sons and brothers, end quote. Which, that's just, like, the saddest sentence you've heard in such a long time. It's so heartbreaking. Harmon, of course, he had plenty of excuses for all of these items found, none of which were very intellectual, and the evidence continues to pile up against him. Neighbors were quick to tell police that they'd seen Fritz getting rid of large sacks during late hours, and one had even seen him dumping something into the river. I mean, was he even trying to hide? Before long, though, the nail in his hopefully uncomfortable coffin came when clothes, boots, and keys found at Harmon's apartment were identified as belonging to a missing 18-year-old named Robert Witzel. A skull which had been found in a garden on May 20th, initially not connected with the later skeletal discoveries, was identified as that of the missing youth. That was too many words, but whatever. It was a quote. So this was all investigators needed. When faced with this evidence, Harmon quickly folded. I can't even, like, I can't even imagine how fast the police were taking notes when this cuckoo started talking. He confessed to raping, killing, and dismembering 
24 young men and boys in what he called a rabid sexual passion. We'll get into what he actually did and how he disposed of these poor victims in just a minute. But first, now we can take you back to the beginning and get to know this scumbag Fritz Harmon a little bit better. So I hate to admit it, but Fritz was not unlike me while growing up. Born as the, I mean, I was the middle child, but he was born as the sixth and youngest child in October of 1879. Uh, He was a bit spoiled by his mother and developed a very close relationship. He was also known to be more, quote, effeminate since he liked cooking and crafts. That's kind of where I come in. I love cooking and I love doing crafts. I, I mean, I... I grew up doing magic and playing with Polly Pockets, you know, if at that rate, I could be a serial killer too. So his father, on the other hand, was a little bit more temperamental, but it didn't seem to be too much of an issue. And I don't believe it led in, uh, lended a hand in his future crimes either. During his school years, things went well for him. Well, at least in the beginning, he was smart and gifted student, adored by his teachers. But as a young child, around eight or nine, one of these teachers ended up taking advantage of him and molested the young kid, which at the time was clearly brushed under the carpet and never talked about again, naturally. So at the ripe age of 15, After shoving all of these emotions down for years, Fritz decided to enroll in the military, and initially he adapted well to his new life. But unfortunately for him and everyone around him, that didn't last long. Soon he began to experience what today we call epileptic epileptic seizures, but back then they referred to them as anxiety neurosis. And later that year, he had to leave the military due to these issues and was back in Hanover, Germany in no time, when he was 16. And that year, everything changed. Quote, Harmon committed his first known sexual offense, all of which, offenses, plural, excuse me, all of which involved young boys whom he would lure to secluded areas. I am frustrated with my tongue. To secluded areas typically sellers, uh, before proceeding to sexually abuse them. And he was first arrested for committing these offenses on, or in July of 1896. Many, 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 many years before they found those bones in the river. And this was only the beginning. For the next two years, he was in and out of hospitals, psych wards, and uh, apparently jail cells after being deemed incurably deranged. And I think that's at least one thing they got right. There's like a legit whole history. History. Did I just say listery, Hessen? (laughs) There's a legit whole history lesson on this dude's early life and background. I'm only covering what I think is crucial to the story. But if you want to learn more, there is plenty of info out there. Anyways, by the age of 18, he had escaped to Switzerland and met his wife, Erna. Over the next six years or so, he went about different odd jobs here and there, never staying for long, Um, and he even gave the military a second chance, where he was formally discharged this time for erratic behavior. And then in 1904, uh, Erna kicked him out of the house after she became fed up with the years of instability and mistreatment by him. 
not to mention the, you know, sexual abuse. So for the next decade or so, he became quite embedded with the underbelly of the Hanover area. Again, in and out of jail for burglaries, burglaries, petty theft, and assault, among many other charges, Fritz eventually flipped the script. He had become a notable informant for the police station. And by 1918, he was well-known and almost liked around the station, even with his known history of sexual abuse. If you remember, 1918 is the year that uh, young boys and men started to go missing at a much higher rate. Okay, I know I said before that at age 16, everything, everything changed, but this time I actually mean it. Between 1918 and 1924, while working as a police informant, Fritz Harmon brutally murdered a minimum, a minimum of 24 young men and boys. 24. And that's just the ones we are certain of. Every single murder is extremely gruesome, and we don't have time or the energy to go into every single one. But I will tell you his general uh, MO for almost every victim. And trigger warning, it's pretty graphic. Like, very graphic. Remember how investigators took him down at the train station? Well, these train stations were Harmon's absolute favorite hunting grounds. Here, he would approach runaways, drifters, or houseless people almost always between the ages of 10 and 22 and convince these people to come back with him, either under the pretense of food, accommodation, or simply pleasure. Once at Fritz Harmon's apartment, quote, the victim was typically given food and drink before Harmon bit into his Adam's apple, often as he was strangled. This caused the victim to die of asphyxiation, but on several occasions, Harmon bit completely through the victim's Adam's apple and trachea. He referred to the act of biting through his victim's neck as his, quote, love bite, end quote. What kind of fucked up shit is that? I mean, that's, I guess that's why he's called the Vampire of Hanover to some people. Don't worry, he isn't finished just yet. It gets much worse. Fritz, then, would proceed to have sex with their corpse before absolutely mutilating the body. And by that, I mean completely dismembering each victim into many pieces and discarding those in many ways. His favorite, as we know, was to dump them into this Line River, or Lean River, I hope I'm saying that right. Although, he would occasionally burn or bury the bones. And then, just to be dick, Fritz would sell their possession and clothes, their possessions and clothes for profit afterwards. Unsurprisingly, many people initially thought that he was eating. Oh, my brother's doing laundry. I'm sorry if you can hear that. Eating or selling the actual bodies. He gets grossed out about blood. Quote, rumors circulated that Armin ate the flesh of his victims or sold it on the black market as pork or horse meat. <laughs> Although no evidence was ever produced to confirm these theories, Harmon was known to be an active trader in contraband meat, which was invariably boneless diced and often sold, sold as ground meat. End quote. So, I mean, he probably did some of that shit too. Who am I kidding? And this officially brings us full circle. 
after 22 sets of bones were found in the river, the Berlin officers proceeded to arrest Fritz, and the butcher of Hanover was in custody, and finally confessing, and, well, he said he succumbed to a rabid sexual passion of killing and dismembering these young boys, but he was hunting, targeting, and choosing his victims very carefully. According to himself, Fritz only enjoyed the, quote, rape and killing, but was apparently horrified by the mutilation of the bodies. He was insistent that his passion was of the moment, um, and murder was just kind of a, a second thought. He, he, this is what he said, um, quote, Harmon was insistent that his passion was much stronger than the horror of the cutting and the chopping. He just said, he just said he likes sex with dead people more than he doesn't like cutting up dead people. Anyways, I don't even, Jesus Christ, Fritzy. And we're not even done yet. I might still end up taking this part out, but the wiki article goes almost too in-depth about how he would dismember the bodies. But fuck it, you know, if you're sensitive to that stuff, like my little bro-bro, I'll just skip forward a minute or two. All right, so this, this comes directly from wiki. Quote, Harmon would pour himself a cup of strong black coffee, then place the body of his victim upon the floor of this apartment and cover the face with cloth, before first removing the intestines which he would place inside a bucket. A towel would then be repeat, repeatedly placed inside the abdominal cavity to soak the collecting blood. He would then make three cuts between the victim's ribs and shoulders, then take hold of the ribs and push until the bones around the shoulders broke. The victim's heart, lungs, and kidneys would then be removed, diced, and placed in the same bucket which held the intestines before the legs and arms would be severed from the body. Harmon would then begin paring the flesh from the limbs and torso. This surplus flesh would be disposed of in the toilet, or usually in the nearby river. The final section of the victim's bodies to be dismembered was the head. After severing the head from the torso, Harmon would, Harmon would use a small kitchen knife to strip all the flesh from the skull, which he would then wrap in rags and place face downwards upon a pile of straw and bludgeon with an axe until the skull splintered, enabling him to access the brain. This he would also place in a bucket, which he would pour alongside the chopped up bones into the line river. End quote. <sighs> Let's let's just take a second to digest that. Um, obviously, this confession shooketh every single person in that town, and the trial became a cakewalk. I mean, both from sheer evidence and confession. During this trial is when the media started dubbing him the butcher slash vampire of Hanover. Most surprisingly, though, the police who grew fond of this informant, they didn't escape without judgment. Quote, By the second week of the trial, testimony was introduced about how much the police knew about Harmon's criminal activities after his 1918 release from prison. The police apparently never suspected him for any of the cases of the missing boys and young men in Hanover. In 
in the years of 1923 and 1924. Even though some of the victims were last seen in his company, and he had a long criminal record that included charges of sexual assault and battery. End quote. Like, come on. Be better. How was he not even a suspect? Like, imagine how many young lives could have been saved if they had simply searched the apartment just one or two years before the victims started to pile up into the 20s. So frustrating and an absolutely wild story. Um, Harmon was officially sentenced to death by beheading. Before his death, though, I mean, obviously he made this long, drawn-out something, you could call it, but he essentially did this, or he said this, quote, his death would atone for his crimes and stating that he were, if that he were at liberty, he would likely kill again, end quote. I'm not so sure about the atonement, but I'm definitely sure that he would have killed again, and I'm glad he can't do that anymore. So, poo on you. And in April of 1925, Harmon was executed on the grounds of the Hanover prison by one Carl Groper. Carl Groper, if you uh, don't do or do not remember, he is the same frickin' executioner from last week's story, but that story took place in 1936 Germany. So I think Carl was quite the man back then. <laughs> Good for you, buddy. And I think that is an excellent place to stop. I did not, I mean, I just love that we have the same ex- executioner from 1918 and 18 years later in 1936. Was not expecting that in my research at all, but whatever. And uh, all that happened after a... Uh, what? Oh my gosh, my last sentence does not make sense here. At all. Oh. Oh yeah, it said. Um, I said all that happened after his beheading was just a bunch of sciencey people cut open his brain and took a look around, and uh, and then they got rid of it. So, uh, yeah, yeah, the the butcher of Hanover. Okie dokie, artichokers. Goodbye.